Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. How are we doing tonight? Good. There's a lot of people who didn't go away this weekend. It's quite encouraging for Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, hands up if you were here last week when Catherine spoke. Solid proportion. So last week Catherine spoke on connections, our, our connection with God, our connections with others, and our connections with ourselves. And uh, it was quite a powerful message, and I know it really stirred some things in quite a lot of people. Yeah. And so we felt to really just carry on that this week and, and continue to speak in that. But I'm just going to adjust that language slightly from connections to relationships. Connections and relationships are the same thing. They're describing the same thing. To connect to something is to relate to it. To relate to something is to connect to it. And so tonight I want to speak about relationship, specifically about how to build healthy relationship. And when you think about building relationship, uh, some things may come to mind about spending time together, having shared experiences, working together on a common goal or or speaking and, and sharing on a common interest. Um, these are ways in which we can build relationship, but there's something about that that kind of bothers me. Um, the fact that we could we could have a shared experience of taking drugs together, but that's not a relationship I want to build. We can we can spend time together getting drunk, but again, I don't think that's a relationship I want to be building. So these things, spending time together, common interests, these are ways in which we can build relationship. But how do we build relationships that model something different to this world? How do we build relationships that actually when people see, they see there's something different about this person. They have access and they have relationships that I don't have. What is that thing? What is that thing that allows us to go to that next level with relationship that, that someone who's dealing with selfishness can't? Right. What is that thing? Mm. If you look at um, a healthy marriage um, or a healthy long-term friendship, you'll see this thing in there. It will have happened over and over in their relationship. And that thing that happens over and over is they would have faced disappointment with each other. Yeah. And they would have worked it out. Mm. That's right. You see, there's principles to everything in this world. Right. And there's principles to relationship. And one principle to relationship that I'd love if you had a pen and paper you'd write down. That every good and healthy relationship goes through this cycle of excitement into disappointment. <laughs> and if you're able to work through that disappointment, your relationship will grow. <coughs> it goes from excitement to disappointment and into growth. Right. Um, <coughs> So if you look at any healthy long-term marriage or relationship, you'll see this in it. And if you look at um, the thing about... Um, oh, jeez. It's good, bro. Thanks, mate. You got it. You got it. So we see this in our relationships with others. We see this from a very young age when we start to explore this world and we get invited to an eighth birthday party and we're super stoked and the person's really cool in our class and we connect with the people, and then next weekend they hold another sleepover and you're not invited. Or maybe maybe you're, you're in high school and you get to work on an assignment with someone in class who you didn't know very well, and you start to connect, 
and you do really well in the assignment and you get along and you become Facebook friends and you follow each other on Instagram and then you check their Instagram on the weekend, they're hanging out with a group of people and you're not there. It goes from excitement to disappointment or maybe you're, 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 you've gone along to a crew here at Harmony or you've come along to a life group and you've had an awesome God chat at the life group. They've prayed for you and affirmed you and then you came to church last week and they didn't speak to you. This process is a part of all relationships. It goes from excitement and into disappointment. And then if you choose to work through that disappointment, you'll experience growth. Now, then itself, the experience and the disappointment is not a bad thing. It's normal. Can anyone say it's normal? normal? It's normal to be disappointed in a relationship. That's not the sad thing. The sad thing is when people experience this disappointment in relationship so much that they start to live their lives in such a way they never have to face that disappointment. Right. Now, when a relationship gets exciting, when they meet a new friend and they, and they were like, oh, man, it'd be really cool if we could hang out. They don't actually ask the person to hang out because they're too scared to experience that disappointment. They start to set up their life in such a way that they never have to face disappointment as they right. end up with a right. life full of people who they're not actually in a real relationship with. Yeah. Well. They can have a room full of people who know their name but don't know their heart. A room full of people who know what they want them to know. But they don't actually know how you think. They don't actually know who you are because you've kept it. You've, you've subconsciously or consciously sabotaged the relationship from, from getting that to that stage where you might be disappointed. Um, I remember like this is something we all face. It doesn't matter how old you are. And I remember I was in America and I had two amazing friends who were both just super powerful, on fire Christians. And they were just really amazing people and they both really valued me. And it was just really cool new friendships. And then I remember I had dinner one night with both of them. And they didn't know each other too well. But we had to have this dinner together. And all of a sudden they just start sharing crazy God encounters and stuff. And they're just connecting on another level. And then I just have this moment of like, oh, <laughs> is this this moment of disappointment where I lose two friends and they become best friends? Like everyone knows that point in their life where you have a really close friend. And you see that really close friend connect with someone else. And you're like, oh. Is this the end of my days? <laughs> you know, and I remember sitting in that moment like, ah, like, and I felt insecure, you know. I felt insecure, like, is this, like, I thought these were my closest friends. But now I could see them because they could share on a level that I couldn't. Right. But I remember in that moment just thinking two things. One, like, no, if, if, if I got to be the person that, that brought these two together to be able to create a relationship that they would encourage and edify each other, then I would be blessed. And secondly, God is my provider. Amen. And what that means is if you hear God is your provider and the first thing and the only thing you think about is money, then you're missing out right. on a whole aspect of who God yeah, is. Because God. he doesn't just provide financially, he provides relationally, emotionally and every other way. Yeah. In that moment, I knew that if they became best friends and I sort of got shut out, that God would provide again. Totally. He would provide again. So virtually every person in this room will have experienced a similar Scenario, if not the exact same. Every person in this room would have experienced an excitement in a relationship that would have turned into disappointment. For those privileged enough to have genuine friendships, genuine relationships, you will have worked through disappointment at some point. The reason why dealing with disappointment is such a key aspect in terms of growing relationship is that for the first time in the relationship, it actually requires input. 
It actually requires sacrifice. It actually requires love. I could be the most selfish human being in the world and we could build a relationship based on doing stuff together, sharing common experiences, going after the same goal, yet I could be incredibly selfish and have given you nothing. Yeah, and right. when something doesn't go well, I could bounce. Right, right. And all of a sudden you find out there wasn't really a deep relationship we had. Yeah, right. But instead it's that moment when you experience disappointment, that you get the opportunity to invest. You get the opportunity to show what love is. And the relationship now has an opportunity to grow to somewhere it couldn't have otherwise. You now become an owner of the relationship. Right. You take ownership because you brought into it. Like a business. A business grows when people invest into it. A relationship grows when people invest into it. But you can only really invest into it when it costs you something. Right. Right. Do you want to have deep and meaningful relationships with each other, with others? <coughs> what about ourselves? What's your relationship like yourself, with yourself like? Whoa. This is something that's a bit like, for some people it's hard to engage with. It's like that's not a real relationship, you know? It's just some funny thing that, that parents who, who uh, study psychology and counselling constantly talk to their kids about. <laughs> How's your relationship with yourself, son? <laughs> you know, it's hard for a lot of people to engage with, but there's some pretty serious indicators that, that relationship with ourselves is very important. Yeah. What do you think suicide and self-harm is? Right. If it's not an attempt to deal with disappointment with yourself. Wow. 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 An wow. attempt to deal with the disappointment and the relationship with yourself. Relationship with yourself is biblical and it is affecting your life more than you realize. Yeah. Jesus says, said in Mark 12 in response to a question about what is, what is the greatest commandment. And Jesus says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. In that moment, he communicated what is the most valuable thing in your life. He said, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing? And Jesus said to love the Lord your God. He didn't say for you God to love you. He didn't say for his relationship with you. But he said the most important thing in your life is your relationship with God. You see, because God defined his relationship with you 2,000 years ago. We heard Ben Williams speak about this. He said the only metric, the only indicator, the only measurement of God's love for you it's Jesus dying on the cross for you, laying down his life for you. It is not whether you had an awesome dad, an awesome mum, whether you didn't have a dad. Whether you got abused while you were younger, whether you had an awesome childhood and travelled the world and had parents who loved you a lot. That's not an indicator of how much Jesus loves you. The indicator of how much Jesus loves you is Jesus laid his life yeah, down for you. That's his relationship <coughs> right. for you and towards you. Yeah. The most important thing affecting your life is your relationship with God. Are you wow. relating to him? Yeah. Wow. But secondly, Jesus said, the second most important thing is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the second most important thing, the thing that affecting your life second to your relationship with God more than anything else is how you're relating to others and how you're relating to yourself, your relationship with yourself. It's, how, it's your relationship with others, how you're loving others. It's not how your boss treats you. It's not how your parents raised you. It's not how your friends treat you, but it's how you treat them that's actually affecting your life. The second most influential thing in your life is how you're treating the people around you and how you're treating yourself, how you're relating to yourself. Hands up if you've ever felt disappointed in yourself. 
Every person. It's normal. But my question for you, how did you go processing that? Right. Did you process, process it or did you just like adapt? Did you just accommodate that and then carry on your life with that disappointment? That area of your life that you don't like, that you, you, you set up your whole life in such a way that you don't have to expose that. Some people enter marriages still hiding things. Some people are in relationships for 20 years but not fully relating to the person because they're hiding so much. So much that they, that, so many things that they learned from a young age that, that, that was disappointing that shouldn't be shown. You see, when you're born, you, 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 babies don't come out and say, man, I'm disappointed. They're just like wide-eyed, they're mystified, and they're just going for it, you know? Yeah. But at some stage, through circumstances, we get taught we're disappointed. We're yeah. disappointing. Right. We get taught in, in experiences and moments in primary school where they're picking a sports team and you get picked last. Or you, uh, you, you tell someone you really like them and you invite them over and they say no. And we learn we're disappointing. You get made fun of because you had glasses or you had hair on your arms at a young age or you, you were different and you got made fun of and you, and you took it on as like I'm disappointed in myself and you sabotage your relationship with yourself. You no longer have a healthy relationship with yourself. Mm. Has that changed? Wow. Has that changed? How is your relationship with yourself, have you processed that disappointment? Awesome. Are you willing to go on a journey to learn, to work through the disappointment you've had with yourself, to, to build a relationship with yourself that's valuable? Because I've got some news that, that when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed, when you go to Australia, to China, to Auckland, to Nelson, everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> the one True. person you'll True. spend more time with than any other person in the world is yourself right. and what happens when that person is the most critical and demonstrative person in your life how many of us have had thoughts about ourselves that, that, that we, would, we would hit someone if spoke to our friend like that mm-hmm. yeah. we, we wouldn't let the way we speak to ourselves we wouldn't let that happen to any of our friends would we That's right. mm. but with ourselves it's different because it's usually in our head How's your relationship with yourself going? Yeah, right. Life is very different when you go from being your biggest enemy to your biggest friend. That's right. And lastly, and most importantly, how are you doing with processing disappointment with God? Again, this is a thing we all deal with. But when it comes to processing disappointment with God, it's a little different. You see, because when you face disappointment with yourself and disappointment with others, you're always going to find the common denominator of humanity in that situation. And when I say humanity, I'm talking about our ability to fail, our ability to get 99% on an exam, (laughs) to accidentally run a red light, to try to tell someone you really love that you love them and for them to be like, that really hurts. (laughs) It's your ability to not communicate what you want to communicate. It's your ability to forget someone's birthday. It's your ability to make a bad decision, to hurt someone, to disappoint someone. And in our relationships with each other and ourselves, we have that component of humanity, this thing that God's clothed us in, this imperfection of a body that our ears are not the same height, our eyes are not the same height, our nostrils are different sizes. We are unique. 
We are different and we've been clothed in it. But in terms of our relationship with God, God doesn't have humanity in him. He doesn't have the ability to come up short. Yes, for a season he clothed himself in humanity. Hebrews 2.17 said, Jesus became fully like man for a season so that he may bear our sin. Right. And because of that, he can understand, he can empathize and connect with us in those times of fear, in those times of insecurity, of looking in the mirror and feeling like you're not enough. He can be there and be like, I understand, but I'm with you, I'm for you. But that humanity is no longer in him, he is perfect. And so as we deal with disappointment with God, we have to understand that, 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 that the shortcoming cannot be on his end. And this is something tough. It's, it's hard to process that. It's a tough pill to swallow. But the other option is to raise yourself above God. To say that you are better than him. Wow. Every person in this room would have faced disappointment with God. And my question for you again is how is that going? Did you process that? Or have you put that area of your life on the shelf since that moment? Since when you set down faith and prayed for someone and didn't see them healed in the moment, have you prayed for someone since? Or when you believed he would provide something and it didn't come through the way you thought it would come through, have you believed in him for something, for him to provide something again? Mm -hmm. How have you dealt with disappointment with God in the past? I thought he wanted to bless me with this job. I really thought everything was lining up and it didn't come through the way you thought. How did you deal with that? Did you deal with that? Or is that on the shelf? I thought that that girl or that guy would really like me. I thought we might get married and then they married someone else. Did you deal with that disappointment? Or have you just adapted? I remember for me, like one of the biggest disappointing things, potentially in my whole walk, was losing a game of football. And it, and it sounds really like not valuable. Uh, the value is dependent upon the price paid for it. And I paid a lot. For that team. And not so that they would win, but so that their lives would be transformed. And a new Christian, I thought us winning meant they would see how good God is. When, when you have a team who, who is used to showing up each game, still drunk, selling drugs on the sideline, and occasionally vomiting on the pitch, for them to go from known as one of the worst teams in the league to being the best team in the league and winning the league, that for me equaled this is what God's plan for you is. It's victory. It's success. He believes in you. You can do more than you believe. And then when it didn't happen, it was hard. It was like, God, I thought this is what it looked like. I thought we'd win and I'd all get saved. <laughs> you know, and I know you guys have had dreams as well of, of, of what it looks like in your workplace and your study. Like you've had moments of worship and you've dreamt about like just sharing the gospel in public or just challenging a classmate and just sharing with them how much Jesus loves them. Praying for people in public. And maybe you had and it didn't quite go as you dreamed, you know. But are you still pursuing that or have you put it on the shelf? You know, like if you think this is my opinion, everyone say Josh's opinion. For every person who sat in church today across New Zealand, I believe there's probably five other Christians, Christians, people who had a relationship with God at some point, who don't go to church, who now sit at home on a Sunday, who maybe they go for a run, maybe they're healthy, or maybe they sit at home and just watch movies on a Sunday or recover from a hangover. 
Five times the amount of people that are in church are at home, they are Christian, but on their walk they encountered disappointment with God and they couldn't move past it. Gideon shared this morning, it's the number one thing that bugs him, is people who just park on an offense, park on a disappointment. And, And when it's your relationship with God, like Jesus said, it's the most important thing. But some people can't move past that disappointment and into trust with Him. That's right. How are you doing with that? Mm. Or have you, have you adjusted your life to accommodate disappointment? That's good. Yeah. When is a moment for you when you felt disappointed in God, when you felt disappointed in your relationship with God? Did you choose to work through it, or is it an area that has not grown since then? Now, I'm pretty much like, I understand it just sort of opened up a few things and there's some people who are aware of either relationships with other people where they're like, ah, like I see how we had that disappointment and I just avoided them from then on. I didn't choose to buy in. Or some people in here, like when I started speaking about relationship with yourself, you're like, mm, yeah, I hate myself. And I know there's some people in here and as I talk about the relationship with God, you think of how you used to be so on fire for God in a certain area and now you're a little less. And I understand I'm just going to leave, I'm going to leave that a bit open-ended. I'm going to leave you to process that out. But there is one key I feel to give to you to be able to walk that out. And it's what Jesus said in John 15, 16. It is the essence and the heart of relationship. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And if we consider in what context he chose us, he chose us, Romans 5, 8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That while we were in in our most disappointing state, when relationship was as disappointing as it gets, he said, I I choose you. I choose all of you. And so when you're faced with disappointment with yourself, when you're faced with disappointment with others and with God, I'm going to leave you with this one tool of can you choose? Can you make a decision? Jesus modeled what it looked like when he knew uh, one of his disciples was going to betray him. The very next thing he did was made a covenant with them and said, I choose you. When he knew Peter was going to deny him, he said, I choose you. Yeah. And on this rock, I'll build, this ha- I'll build my house. Yeah. What does it look like for you to choose yourself? To look in the mirror and be like, Yep, that's me. Some of us still haven't chosen ourselves. Some of us are still pretending like we're someone else or hoping something's going to change in our lives. But what does it look like to choose who you are tonight? To actually walk out of here and be happy with how God made you. For me, it took a solid, like, from when I was aware of it, it took a few years. First, First of all, it was like, yeah, okay, I accept like, I'll, I'll accept this. And then it journeyed into know, like, God, I'm actually thankful mm. for who you've made me to be. Yeah. That's a journey, but it, that journey begins with, I choose you. Yeah. Mm. I choose who God's made me to be. Oh. Yeah. The journey with your relationship with a friend or your relationship with your wife, or if you want to be married one day, you, you better know how to choose. You're able to say, I choose you. In a moment of conflict, in a moment of separation, in a moment of disappointment, you're like, no, 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 no. We're not separating here. We're not going two ways. We're going to work this out because I choose you. Your choice will allow you to remain.
yeah. where emotions won't. In your relationship with God, what does it look like to choose Him, to trust Him in moments where it doesn't make sense? We all have those moments where we had hopes and things that didn't quite work out. Yeah. But were you able to choose Him? Like in that moment I shared with my two friends where like, that didn't quite go to plan that evening. I thought it was going to be an awesome evening and then I felt super insecure and thought both my friendships were coming to an end, you know? But in that moment, I was able to be like, no God, like I choose you first as my provider, not those around me. What does it look like for you to choose? Mm. Um, Johnny Clark, could you come up? Sure. <clears throat> we're just going to go into uh, a time of ministry I just really feel to give uh, us some time uh, on our own. We're going to have people praying at the end here, but I just really feel like there is some business we have to do. For some of us, it's with ourselves. For some of us, it's with our relationship with God. And for some of us, it's with relationship with others. So I might just ask you to understand for a moment. And if you're comfortable to just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. And even as I'm speaking, if you feel like that you want you want to make a change, that you want to you want to make a choice, that you want to choose something different, then you're welcome to 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 show that with an action of maybe coming forward or stepping out of your seat or raising your hands. If you're choosing to be reconciled to God, that you may, may raise your hands and say, God, I choose you. If all you've known in your life is shallow relationships, that every birthday you, you've been surrounded by people but you've felt so unknown, and you want to make a decision to have deep, healthy, meaningful relationships that represent Jesus to this world, then you're welcome to respond. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, you are the one who guides us into all truth. Says God that, that your truth sets us free. Free from ourselves, free from disappointment, free to be able to choose, to choose relationship over disappointment, relationship over pain, relationship with you, relationship with ourselves, and relationship with others. And I just pray for every person in this room here who is wrestling with disappointment, whether it's recent or you feel it stirring up, it's from the past, where a friend has walked away, We felt like God didn't come through on a word, I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and minister to you right now, that you'd feel His peace, His provision in your heart, that He's going to provide what you need to get through this. For those dealing with hatred towards themselves with disappointment towards who God's made them I pray the Holy Spirit will come into your heart right now come into your mind and your mind will begin to be transformed that you'll see yourself as God sees you
In Psalms, it says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is how God sees you. And I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that He would transform the way you see yourself in this moment. That you would see how you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. That you may be able to say thank you to God. That maybe for the first time in your life, you may be able to stand there and be happy with how He's made you. That you may be able to walk out of here tonight happy in your soul, happy in your heart. That you're not a disappointment. 